I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Brad Patton. Hello. 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 Brad is the founder and CEO of Veterinary Service System Services, all the S's, a company dedicated to helping veterinary medicine rise to the next level. He's a self-professed systems geek, me too, <laughs> with a bachelor's in business management from, hey, you went to Metro. I did. Um, and Denver. I did. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Appreciate I find it. your business fascinating, so lots well, of, thank I have you. so many questions for you. <laughs> um, but first, um, what was your first job? I was a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, fourteen. That's awesome. Swimming. Yep. What pool? Uh, You're a native. Heartwood right? Athletic Club. Okay. Yep, I'm a native. Yes. Aurora, Colorado. Yeah, that's right. Chambers and Iliff. I don't know if it's there anymore, but I don't know if it is either. Yeah, I don't think that's where. Talking. Yeah, I was a, I was a big time swimmer, and that was the first job that I was able to make good money at, and <laughs> did that for many years. Sounds like a good deal. They're always so tan. <clears throat> so your background is in inventory management for a very large practice. Yes. Here in the Denver area. Can you tell us about that position? Well, I also want to preface, I was the inventory manager at a very large liquor store before mm -hmm. that. So it kind of just transitioned right on over. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Metro thinking I wanted to own a liquor store. And so I went for business management and entrepreneurship and did a lot of studies in inventory. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job at that li liquor store and I think it was less than three weeks I had realized that I had made a huge mistake. <laughs> Good thing that like, that translated to other things, right? Exactly, exactly. And so I was able to make my way back to veterinary med after that. Mm -hmm. So, and then yes, a decade as an inventory manager for Specialty emergency referral, three locations, 40 plus doctors. Wow. And then I helped within that uh, develop a buying group for among 12, 13 different hospitals. And so I've, I've seen the gambit as far as the inventory part is concerned. <laughs> so what's a buying group then? Explain that to us. So there are several out there currently, but it's um, a similar concept to Sam's or Costco on a professional mm -hmm. level that you have a membership and depending on how much you participate, uh, whether you pay in directly or it's part of pulled off of what you're buying as you buy it. Mm. Uh, but it's a bunch of folks getting together and trying to get best pricing for the products that they use. Okay, so supplies, drugs, all that. Exactly, That's exactly. Awesome. So um, how did that position inform your vision for VSS? We're just going to call it veterinary system service or service. Yeah, really, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't? How did it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's inventory and people are so very different. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain business concepts, very general concepts that pertain to both. But at the same time, like inventory is a commodity. Mm -hmm. um, people are a resource and it has to be thought of different. It has to be approached different. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just... 
they're not the same. So, so but in corporate America, people would say that inventory yes, and yes, staffing yes. are similar. I'd laugh because some of those business folks, they look at veterinary medicine and they say that the largest commodity within the business is the people. And I will argue that till the end of time. Me too. Because it's not a commodity. No. They're not commodities. They're resources. Exactly. And they yeah. have to be treated as such. Yeah. I love it. So, what did you, so how did you start VSS then? Yeah, it was... Uh, Right between Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2013, I was in the food prep area chatting with my boss about how we couldn't find people. And people weren't, uh, the folks that worked with us were not getting the vacation they needed, wanted, deserved. Um, and it was like a massive problem on both sides, the head side and the tail side of the mm -hmm. coin were both problems. And it just, it was an aha moment. My grandmother, who's definitely an inspiration for me. She started uh, more than a dozen companies. She sold five of them. Mm -hmm. uh, she just, she was a trailblazer, but she had started, one of the companies she started was temporary um, travel agents that would go back in the day when we used to have travel agents. We still um, have travel well, yes, but not like we used no, to. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but she started a company doing that and I just applied the same concepts and there was that eureka moment. And so I started putting things together right before Christmas. I put in my notice middle of January. I left that job in the beginning of February, incorporated BSS in March of 2014. Mm -hmm filled our first shift in June and yeah it's just been gangbusters since yeah so. you guys have been rolling really fast yes so what are some of the key services that VSS provides the main one staffing mm -hmm. uh, we really um, <clears throat> saw a massive need doctors um, can, can perform on their own but there's no other position that can be filled or can uh, legally operate on their own mm -hmm. within a vet practice, I guess, other than client service rep, but that just seems extraordinarily difficult at that level. Anyway, so staffing was the main piece. We now, the state says we have 50 to 75 employees, but I think we have 130 total on payroll, and that's the bulk of what we do. We have consulting going. I have not been doing as much inventory consulting lately, um, but I have done that in the past uh, with some success, and we have other levels of continuing education and consulting that we're now providing. We've done some HR consulting, oh, and, um, career coaching, and that sort of stuff that's being developed. Mm -hmm. And then we also offer bookkeeping um, for some of our smaller clients who uh, can't handle that on their own and those are the services that we have going right now and I have another in the pipeline that I'm super excited about we are excited about that yeah yeah we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay um so your staffing and relief services are different than other staffing companies yes so tell me so tell us like why they're different and how they're different well so we had to bridge the gap between the Department of Labor and the Colorado Veterinary Practice Act. And just uh, most folks in VetMed know that it is an island unto itself. You mm -hmm. have um, all the same issues that human medicine deals with, but you don't have insurance. And then you've got other ele elements uh, that just make it quite different uh, than most any other industry. And so the legalities behind who can work what positions in a practice and who's responsible for what mm -hmm. is a little bit more complex than other areas. So for instances, nurses, because they're registered with the state, they can operate autonomously 
whereas in veterinary medicine, a certified vet tech cannot. Mm -hmm. And so we had to build this umbrella Right. Um, to try and cover the liability, the insurance, all that sort of stuff on the employee side, mm -hmm. which is not like most staffing companies, especially in the medical side, the way they work the locum tenens, like they don't employ the people directly mm -hmm. because there's a high degree uh, of liability there. Mm -hmm. And we do, mm -hmm. we take that risk and that makes us much different. And we, we haven't really participated. We don't participate currently in third party contract placement. So headhunting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we employ all the folks directly and offer incredible benefits and, and whatnot for the folks doing the work that really want to do this job. So I love that. So all of your staff is either part-time or full-time. And then they can just take relief chefs for whoever whoever needs it, what, uh, your clients that need it. Exactly. We have a calendar that all the clients are putting their uh, requests up in. Mm -hmm. And then our employees make their own schedule and they'll just go along and cherry pick the shifts that mm -hmm. they want to take and, and work as they can. And we, we are working with a, a group especially you know this industry has a high suicide rate it's mm -hmm. got a high turnover there's a lot of issues here and so we're working with these folks to try and help them schedule themselves in a sustainable way mm -hmm. so for some folks it really is only three days a week for some folks it's four days a week there are some folks that do really well with like a five-day work week one week and then the next week they only do two days you know there, there's different ways that people can mitigate their burnout and compassion fatigue and, and uh, be able to approach the um, industry their job what mm -hmm. they're subject to in a professional appropriate way so that they can make it sustainable and that's part of it is just understanding their scheduling you know part of the reason uh, many veterinary practices have burnout people and in such high turnover is because these folks are working 40 50 hours a week in, in a compassion fatigue state a burnout state and mm -hmm. it's just it's not sustainable it, it can't be done so i love it you just answered my why you structured it that way <laughs> yeah it's it's really all about the people in that regard yeah and no, i know i love it so um what are some of the benefits to a practice of using a staffing company instead of choosing a direct hire well there's it depends on how you utilize the service mm -hmm. we unfortunately have had some clients in the past try they want us to do that job for them mm. and at that point we're very expensive you know this mm -hmm. is not an inexpensive service it's a very valuable service mm -hmm. um, but we are designed to basically be more cost effective than overtime and so if um, somebody is going out in the past, in the veterinary industry, to have a shift filled, if you're going to have a doctor gone for a couple of days, you have to either beg, borrow, steal uh, to get somebody to come in and do it, or you go through a full hiring process. So, you, so an owner will put as much time and effort into getting one shift filled as they will in finding an, a full-time associate that they want to be with them for years. And they don't that. understand what that costs them, what that costs their staff, what mm -hmm. training means, all that sort of stuff. And so we try to get clients to turn their overtime shifts into auditions through us. Mm -hmm. Even if you have an outside person coming in and applying, give them your overtime shifts and try them out. Mm -hmm. And you can utilize that person and try them out the same way you would one of our staff members. Uh, but it's at a cost that's um, less than overtime. And you can kind of utilize that moment for some of that 
introductory stuff, pseudo training, trying mm -hmm. people out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just it's just a better way to to staff your practice and to find a good fit. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, so some of something you and I have discussed too is using it to scale your practice. Yes. So say you're a brand new startup, and you have enough for one doc and maybe a little extra, but exactly. you want, you know, so you want to utilize, you know, you want to utilize one more exam room two days a week and then three days a week. As you grow, it gives you the ability to scale your practice if, you know, that they're using your staff in a way that doesn't require you to hire a full-time person with benefits and all of those things. Veterinary practices are growing right now. Mm -hmm. And if a practice is doing business well, they're, they're growing well. And that growth is difficult to plan for. And there's moments where a manager will just start scheduling people for overtime shifts because they don't have a choice, whereas this provides that choice. Mm -hmm. And you can bring somebody in, you can just schedule one day to bring in a CVT from the outside and you get somebody who's fresh and they don't have to think about it. And so that manager, you know, one week it's one shift, the next week's no shifts, but then the week after that they need three shifts, you know, I mean, there's, it's always an ever changing game mm -hmm. and to just have the flexibility to add more or subtract a little bit less and have that really impact only over time, only the ways that we burn out our staff is ultimately better for the company. You, you, you end up being more profitable in that situation. I love it. It's just like hiring a seasonal practitioner of any of any kind. I have a seasonal tax preparer, um, so we can turn exactly. it up or turn it down, right? Exactly. Because that's because exactly. that's our agreement. But when you have people physically coming into a space and they have to be properly trained and have you know know how to handle everything, if you have somebody that comes from a staffing company that's already vetted, they they know what they're doing. They just can just walk in. It's like having traveling nurses almost, right? Exactly. We're exactly. just we're filling we're filling the gap where we need them um, and potentially scaling our businesses on top of that. Well, and human medicine's been doing it for quite some time. There are, there are many companies out there that do both doctors, traveling nurses, mm -hmm. um, however, whatever level the, that hospital needs. Mm -hmm. and, and it works. It's, it's a way to really uh, take the pressure off of all of the staff all the way around. You know, it's five, 10 years ago, talking with the technician and they would feel a cold coming on and they, you could just see the guilt because they knew if they called out the next day, the whole rest of the staff was going to be the ones who, to, who eat it, who, who mm -hmm. have to pay that price. Um, but what can you do? Like people are people, the people get sick, get it sick. happens. <laughs> exactly. Happen. So if you have a support network now that can come in and, and yeah, it's, it, it's going to cost you a, a penny to bring somebody in on short notice. But the reality is, is you gain so much more by that effort than what you would have lost mm -hmm. trying to spread that around mm -hmm. on your staff. Yeah. Just, so you get continuity of care, you get staff happiness, you get happy culture. I mean, it's exactly. just exponential. Exactly. And people get taken care of and their pets, pets get taken exactly. care of in a better way. Yep. People yep. wait for less time. It's yeah. Just... Why well, bring in your staff member who's already worked a 40, 50 hour week? You're asking them to do laundry and help with a patient and they're clearly burnt out. Or you could bring somebody who's in 
that's fresh and um, you know ready to uh, endear themselves to you mm -hmm. in many cases looking for a job looking mm -hmm. for a permanent home uh, and they come in with a different attitude and our staff we pride ourselves on hitting the ground running mm -hmm. we employ folks that are very capable uh, our philosophy is we would rather miss the shift than send somebody who's not capable mm -hmm. and so part of the reason why we have such high client retention rate is because of the quality of folks that we're mm -hmm. bringing in and mm -hmm. putting in these practices and then each of our clients gets an account manager who gets to know them and you know it's 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 that whole idea that you understand certain parts about yourself mm -hmm. that nobody else understands about you. But there are also parts that you don't understand about yourself, but somebody from the outside does. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can really help and build success. And it's amazing how, you know, people can flourish in the right environment and the right practices. They just, they stress less and they grow faster. It's, it's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And bringing in somebody fresh is just, it's a, it's an energy shift. Big a time. lot of the time. Big time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can have that staff member that is tired and burnt out and doesn't want to be there and is pulling everybody down energy-wise. Or yep. you can have a fresh person who wants to be there, is excited about the shift, knows what they're doing, and has actually probably slept recently, yes, right? Exactly, exactly. So it's so important to have that really positive energy. Exactly. And that's that does create happiness for everybody. It does. The clients that use us very regularly have... They have a higher morale, they have less turnover, and they end up being more profitable in the long run because of it. I love that. I love it so much. Um, so I want to kind of shift it to inventory. I know you're not doing a ton of that right now, but what aspects of inventory can VSS help with? Well, all aspects in the sense of uh, it's an education. Um, a lot of folks out there, they don't understand the science behind inventory management. and you know, being able to put it in perspectives that doctors slash owners can understand, uh, for example, what's an ounce of prevention worth, a pound of cure. Mm -hmm. Inventory management is much the same way. If you are able to focus on the preventative side and find rhythms and follow the math, then it's amazing how efficient you can run. And so it is the second largest expense behind staff for yeah, veterinary practice. That's why it's so important. On top of that, you're dealing with uh, drugs that are <laughs> incredibly expensive, um, have a short shelf life. There's there's so many facets um, to inventory that can have massive effects on how well a practice runs, mm -hmm. um, all all the way to how happy people are <laughs> when they have stuff or, or or when they don't when they're trying to bridge a gap. So talk to us about controlled substance um, inventory management and veterinary services, because this is totally different. Because in people medicine, we go to a pharmacy, right? Yep. Um, but in, in veterinary medicine, we have techs a lot of the time doling out controlled, <laughs> controlled substances. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, this is a huge so, gap. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge gap. And it's something that I think people don't, people A, don't understand. Because I didn't, yep. until you and I talked about it, I didn't really like, occur to me even though i've bought like barbiturates from our from uh, from our vet like sure thanks like yep. <laughs> it didn't it didn't occur to me that there's no pharmacy it, well exactly it, mm -hmm. it is the veterinarian and, and it, so on the veterinarian side the ownership side they are liable they are subject to all the same laws and in many cases they aren't necessarily following mm-hmm 
completely sometimes. Um, there, there are a lot of times that uh, practices don't have a complete knowledge of where their controlled substances are at, and that's a major issue that, that contributes to the problem. There are a lot of folks, uh, uh, both within the veterinary industry, uh, coming through it or uh, from the outside that have learned they can use their dog's pain to gain medication in an inappropriate way. And, you know, when I was inventory manager for the large hospital, we would catch clients who were clearly diverting drugs away from their dogs to take them themselves. <laughs> and then dealing with employee theft, too, is another issue. In 10 years' time, we had two different employees uh, stealing controlled substances from us. The first time, it took me almost four weeks to find that person, and that really bothered me. Mm -hmm. uh, the second person didn't even get two weeks in, and those are some of the things I'm very proud of. We were we had full control of those, um, and I didn't have to deal with some of the issues that other counterparts have. I had a counterpart out in California who came in one day to the sheriff's department and the DEA in her office because, unfortunately, a nurse had taken a bottle of Euthazol home the night before, and, you know, it just, it, it's... It's not just people using these things recreationally. There are so many different facets on why a veterinary practice has to have absolute control over the controlled medications. Mm -hmm. And having a system in place to make sure that exactly. the control it, it, is yep. there, the quality is there. Yeah, there's, you know, there's all sorts of misnomers out there. I'll get in practices, oh, I'm allowed to have a 10% variance, the DEA says. And no, that's not what the DEA says. Mm -mm. I've interviewed them, I've studied the laws, and I promise you that is not how that's going to go down mm -hmm. if the DEA shows up and you have issues. Uh, and veterinary medicine has been able to sneak under the radar. They haven't had as many issues, but mm -hmm. it's a matter of time at this point it's uh, got the loosest uh, coverage it's, it's the people aren't doing it as right here and so more folks are going to take advantage and that's going to cause another issue and yeah well and we know that state boards are starting to also be like hey yes i mean pharmacy this is a big deal now have to register that's a new law this year just uh on on Walgreens or mm -hmm. CVT or one of those places, they, they have to, um, anybody who's just a pharmacy tech has to register with the state. And uh, vet techs are now the only ones that have such access and don't have state regulatory control over their mm -hmm. position. Uh, and it's going to come. And that's where I push and argue all the time in vet med, we need to have control over this. We need to dictate this. Mm -hmm. You know, the um, the way controlled substances are tracked right now, there's an issue because the state didn't plan, uh, the system did not plan for patients being animals and, and mm -hmm. <laughs> clients being owners. And so vet med doesn't necessarily track through that system, but the government's looking at that and seeing the problem and they're going to fix it. And we can either be a participant in that and have it done the right way, mm -hmm. or they'll just do it. And then we're going to have to adjust to whatever they dictate. And right. that's not going to be as pretty. Right. <laughs> so having, so having some regulatory, um, oversight over texts, certified techs um, is really what's coming down the pipe. 
that will come down the pipe too and there's multiple reasons for that i mean um trade recognition is a, a big thing there's a lot of debate right now about veterinary nurse and there's a lot of argument about that right this moment but whether you're on the veterinary nurse side or not uh, veterinary technicians need trade recognition. They need it uh, because it helps with pay. It helps with recognition. Uh, it helps with education. It helps with the quality that of medicine that the patients receive. And so those are major arguments for it. But then on top of that, it's going to be the other side too, where the state wants anybody who has access and dealing with controlled substances to have complete control over that. And they want to start seeing we as a staffing company, uh, for somebody to come and work for us, they have to go through a, a background check and drug screen. The drug screen is a 10 panel veterinary specific. We are the only company doing this custom panel. Mm -hmm. um, and within it, they test for tramadol, they test for volume, and mm -hmm. we've had people <laughs> taking drugs at one practice and we will watch them pop up at another practice mm. and we can't say anything i'm not allowed to say anything but it is happening in the denver metro area there are people sneaking into practices and they are claiming to love animals and they are claiming to be there to work and be part of this industry mm -hmm. but that is not their true intention and i encourage any veterinarian out there if you don't have control over your drugs you need to. <laughs> you need to. Wow. That's yeah. huge. It is. Yeah. It's and a big deal. When you and I initially talked about that, like, it's not something I ever thought of, but it makes a ton of sense that it's becoming so, an issue. In, it's probably uh, always been an issue. Right? It has the been. access has been kind of losing. When I do a premier service consultation on the inventory, I'm coming into a practice and I'm going to be spending several days there. And when I get started, I always tell the owners, the managers, everybody, if you have a drug problem, now is your time to come forward because I will catch you. And, we will um, find it. Yeah, it's it's math, folks. It's really not that hard. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm just using the math. It's but plus and minus and divide. Right. I know how to set up the system so that we can go through and have complete accountability of the controlled substances, and I can find who is the person uh, that is the weak link in that. Uh, and I, twenty percent of the time, and I mean, I've had three, four different instances now where somebody within either quit within the first couple of days of me being there, or we caught them within a couple of weeks of uh, setting up the systems for those practices. And um, drug diversion is a serious issue. It is happening, uh, and it's happening at small two doctor practices and. And you don't suspect, you don't know. These folks that are diverting drugs are, are sly. <laughs> well, they know how to work it. <laughs> well, they know how to work it, but also the doctors are busy. The managers yep. are busy. Yep. You know, they're trying to build a business. They're not. Exactly. You know, they're not looking over every single, you know, every single time somebody's exactly. into drugs. Like, and they can't, right? So it's Well, you can. Can. You, well can. you can. <laughs> That's my argument. But, but you don't really... <laughs> You don't really build a sustainable business by watching every single transaction. Right? Exactly. And that's the piece where having the right people and the right um, uh, guides, benchmarks, uh, gatekeepers. Yeah. Exactly. You, you have to have ways to have full accountability. And if you are on top of those things, it's real easy to take care of and spot any discrepancies and deal with any issues right when they pop up. But, you know, th I've gone into several practices that had years of issues and never knew. Oh my gosh. They don't know. Long-term employees doing this stuff. It's it adds up. Wow, that's crazy. All right. 
Before I ask my last question, uh, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Helpthevet.com is our website. And yeah, that's probably the best way. <laughs> so current staffing in Colorado only, right? We have uh, ventured up into Wyoming. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, but for us to go to any state, we have to adapt both those state laws and those uh, Department of Labor laws and veterinary practice laws for each state. And so uh, Wyoming was easy to do. There's a couple of others that uh, should be easy within our system, but there's also a ton out there that it's, it's going to be a little while. We get calls all the time from all over people wanting VSS to come to that area. And mm. I can't wait to be in that area, but it's going to be a moment because we pride ourselves on doing it right. And yeah. we've got to make sure that everything's set up correctly. So low hanging fruit first, the easiest exactly. states first. Exactly. But we are all, all along the front range. Um, I'm still looking for an account manager in Colorado Springs, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we uh, all along the front range. So it's up to Cheyenne. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so in your opinion, what is the one thing practice owners can do to improve their staffing um, that would have the greatest impact? It comes down to focusing on keeping your staff rather than focusing on finding or replacing staff. Many owners, many doctors get very reactionary. They have a complacent approach where, oh, my staff's fine right now, and they don't do the maintenance or the upkeep. And so then all of a sudden, um, whatever happens, whether it's a degradation or, mm. or somebody needs to leave, whatever, um, now they have a gap. And then it becomes a very because an reactive, emergency. exactly sort of knee jerk, uh, how do I solve this problem um, that's right in front of me rather than looking at it in a very global long-term sense. And so that's where I think that knowing that compassion, fatigue, and burnout are very real and being able to focus on solutions for your staff in those areas will create an environment where your staff wants to be. And then outsiders coming in start to pick that up. And then they start to want to be there as well. And so the more an owner, a practice manager can really focus on their own staff, it actually in the long run perpetuates a system where it becomes easier to gain employees rather than losing them and having it be very reactionary. I love it. So people want to work there. Exactly. They know they want to work exactly. there. They walk in the door and they can feel that it's a good place for them. Yeah, well, and you know, this, not everybody's going to succeed in every environment, but right. if you're providing a good environment, you can have long-term staff mm -hmm. that will come in and, and will help you and, and you can grow with and, and uh, it ends up being a, a very good situation all the way around. I love it. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. <laughs> <laughs>